0: Welcome everyone to Karen the Load. We're, we're uh, excited to be with you today. And back by popular demand, we, we have uh, a good friend of ours, uh, Dwayne Gines, who uh, you became acquainted with Dwayne through a previous podcast last fall as uh, Dwayne shared some of his wisdom. Uh, let, me, let me just set the tone a little bit. Uh, Dwayne is a friend that I met in in my hiking and uh, as I, as I uh, went on this particular hike every morning during the spring, summer, and fall of last year, I had a goal. My goal was to hike 100, 100 times up a particular trail, a uh, three-mile trail. And uh, when, I'd, when I'd hike, there were certain people that uh, I would see every day. And one of those people I would see pretty much every day was Dwayne. Uh, Dwayne shared wisdom along the trail. Uh, to, to those that were willing to to listen and to hear uh, some of the, uh, the quotes that he had memorized. Uh, Dwayne, I, I know that you're a very modest person, but uh, I, I'm so impressed with your ability to, to learn and to memorize quotes by so many that have gone before who've shared great uh, vision and uh, great insights to help us. And so as we visited the last time, Dwayne, we, we talked about uh, some of those uh, visionaries, of the world, we talked about uh, their their lives. We talked about our lives. We talked about how we can change lives of others, and so we wanted to pick that discussion back up today. As we've had a number of months that have gone by, as we have had a chance to reflect on not only not only the the last time we visited, but we've had a chance to reflect and to learn and to grow through this whole COVID nineteen experience. We have. Uh, we we've gone from fear to to, to a learning mode, and, right? And and I and I think that to that learning mode has really uh, maybe kind of changed the tone of maybe how we think and some of the things that we have considered what we can do to make a change and make a difference in the world. And so, first of all, Dwayne, welcome. Thanks for being back with us again.
1: Well, thank you for having me. I, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, the previous visits we had. Uh, I've uh, just as our virtual world has become such a dominant theme uh, due to the pandemic, uh, I I realized that what you are doing has even more relevance now than it did maybe a year ago. And uh, a couple of thoughts. Uh, people are very powerful. Each person uh, has a contribution to make, a mission, if you will, that they need to figure out. And until we uh, do a little more spiritual growing, we probably will not get access to what that spiritual journey is going to be about. So to me, a big part of the spiritual journey was studying the mystics, the prophets, the seers, the revelators, people who seem to have uh, uh, connected with higher powers, with God, with deity. And uh, then their passion became, why am I here? And always the answer was, well, you have a specific mission and uh, you will have this opportunity to complete the mission, but only if you stop playing with toys, you need to grow up. Now, this is a challenge. We all love our toys. (laughs) So uh, I was thinking because I, I have connections with orphanages in India, with village schools in South America, and now being unable to visit and actually have contact with them, but with uh, the virtual world, the opportunity to connect with people anywhere in the world to share uh, information, to perhaps inspire, but also to learn from them and, and their journeys, that this might be a perfect time to invite people to get better at virtual communication, to look for ways of uh, helping people who, uh, with just a little bit of help, they can improve their lives tremendously. Plutarch, one of the Greek uh, playwrights, he said, The mind is not a vessel to be filled, but a fire to be kindled. And I believe that we need to start kindling some fires because so many people see the pandemic as almost all negative. Basically, the the connections that they had uh, are not as strong because uh, they aren't able to actually physically connect with these people as they did before. But if we get better at the virtual learning, inc- incidentally, it, isn't it interesting that our young people are better at virtual learning than we are.
0: Oh yeah, that's that's definitely the case. And, and you know, Duane, before we get into the whole idea of virtual learning here, just a couple of things that you mentioned that uh, have, have really given me cause to to think uh, there. You know, you, you talk about uh, what we've learned during this pandemic time. And uh, when, when I think about what I've learned, too often I think, okay, have I kept my body in shape? Right. I think about, uh, my, my mental and my emotional uh, world and where I'm at there. But very seldom do we ask ourselves, how are we doing spiritually? And and you bring up a great, great point uh, as you talk about uh, those, those, uh, those specific areas of concentration in our lives. Annette and I have been talking a lot about spiritual connectivity. And we've recognized that uh, there are truly our three points of contact when it comes to when it comes to our whole being we, we in, in order for any particular area to work the way that it was intended to work we need all three of those working in conjunction with one another the the physical the emotional and the uh, and uh, the uh, the spiritual right and when we're missing one of those components it makes it very difficult to be the change that we seek to be because there are times that we we, uh, have difficulty putting it all together. But it seems to me, as we've talked about this, that when we can put all those components together, those three points of contact are what really allows us to begin to think outside of our proverbial
1: box. So, Annette, I believe that among the three of us here, you probably are the most creative. And this I garner from discussions I've had with Mark about some of your creative ventures over the years. So this time of uh, pandemic, uh, and uh, how has this affected your creativity?
2: It's given me this great opportunity, actually, to focus in on that creativity, because before, during a normal time without the pandemic, I was so busy doing all these other things, all good things. Right. And this has given me an opportunity to just focus in on what I felt like I could offer in a a very different way, in a different world, which meant I had to learn. I had to learn certain things myself before I could pay it forward, if you will.
1: And you had that energy and that drive to do that.
2: I did, and that's something that always was within me—that energy, that drive. I could see things in a different light. Other—I um, always used to laugh because I say I'm not crafty, and you know, our friends, we'd family or we different. They'd get together and make this little craft project. I'm not crafty. I couldn't do that. But I, when I say that now, people look at me and they tell me, "Well, you're crafty, you, you you are." But it was in a different it was in a different way. I would see a candle, and I would think, "Oh, I love that. I wonder if I could make it." Right. It was about me being able to create something in a way to then share it. And I think that's
1: really powerful. One of my favorite quotes, and it's actually a meditation passage. Ishwarani says, We are surrounded by creative powers, as surrounded as we are by air and light and gravity. It is only when we fail to ally ourselves with the forces of light that they are unable to support us with God. When we connect with God, mm-hmm. with that uh, spiritual aspect of who we actually are. That's when things flow, and that's when we get the insights to solve problems. But it's almost always because we are seeking for a way to do more giving, and that is provided.
0: So, Duane, I'm curious, uh, from your perspective, how do you, how do you uh, unharness that light? What do you see as a means of uh, talking with people as to why we don't unharness that light like we need to?
1: Fear is a big factor. We are afraid of failing. And many times because of that, we're afraid of uh, interacting. Uh, We're afraid of uh, being considered maybe a little weird, (laughs) a little (laughs) strange. (laughs) When I give away bracelets on the trail, there are some people that think, that guy is a little bit strange. (laughs) I don't even know him. Why is he offering me a bracelet? (laughs) And then most of the time when they realize I'm not selling it, uh, I basically, it has a purpose. I give them away, as I've said many times, just for the hill of it. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to get anything back. Uh, and then most of the time people uh, are able to uh, appreciate it, connect with it. And I don't know how many have told me because uh, you gave me this bracelet, which is... Uh, Uh, about giving, about sharing, about uh, that I felt like I needed to do something like that as well. And I needed to share it with my kids because most parents feel like their kids don't do enough giving. (laughs) And so uh, their kids are not as happy as they could be because they're in the get mode instead of the give mode. William Wordsworth, in a classic poem in 1807, he said, the world is too much with us, late and soon, getting and spending, we lay waste our powers. He was talking about these spiritual powers that aren't coming into play because we're getting and spending all the time.
0: Yeah, that, that, that is so true, and, and that's great wisdom. I, I love that quote by Wordsworth. There, I've read it a few times. Uh, that's one of your favorite quotes. It is uh, there, and, and you know when you're when you're sharing that, and I'm. I'm going to put myself in the perspective of uh, a watcher at this time. I've told you that uh, in the past that uh, I I like to observe. I like to watch people. I like to see human nature come out, hopefully at its best. But sometimes we watch human nature come out at its worst as well. But as I've watched you along the trail for a number of years now, uh, you're spot on when you talk about the fact that sometimes people look at you with a little bit of a – Raised eyebrow. what Why are you giving this to me? what What are you doing? But here's what I've found is that as you've been able to give them something of value, they not only take that, but they take it with gratitude and they're more willing to learn. So each time you see that person again, they may not remember the name Dwayne Gines. but they'll remember as my three year-old grandson said last year, there's the smart guy on the mountain. <laughs> or they'll say, this is the guy that was so kind to me last time. He gave me a bracelet. Or I've seen people who have uh, actually, after listening to a uh, you sharing a, a thought, they've, they've broken out in tears saying, Dwayne, you'll never know how important that thought was for me today. I, I love the quote of Gandhi that you share sometimes and in a gentle way. You can shake the world.
1: Yes, in a gentle way. Isn't that interesting? The gentle way is more powerful than, uh, uh, you know, the uh, aggressive. uh, Listen to me, uh, you know, uh, uh, the insistent way. It's the gentle way.
2: Being gentle allows that feeling and that the walls naturally will come down when you're gentle. But when you're abrasive... Boy, for me, the walls go right up. Yeah,
1: yeah, people just, they're done.
2: As you're gentle in, in how you share these incredible opportunities of paying it forward, of going and teaching and using virtual communities to to be able to share wisdom, um, it spreads. And it spreads in a way that I don't think we we don't often know the ripple effect.
1: It's interesting, and Peace Pilgrim makes this point. She says, every good thing that you think and say and do has good effect, whether you see the results or not, and ripples on and on forever. While evil only exists as long as we support it, it has no significant long-term ripple effect. It does have a short-term ripple effect, but it lacks that self-existent principle that truth and light
2: contain that's that's beautiful so it basically has this energy if you will to go forward because of that light and that goodness
1: and because of the goodness in every human being which we uh, just naturally respond to that spark of divinity when it's exposed. So let's, let's uh, transition that
0: discussion. We've, we've talked about uh, how we can make a difference, maybe within our home, maybe within ourselves, maybe with those in our inner circle. But a quote that I, that I love by Margaret Mead, she said, never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it's only.
1: It's the only the thing. only
0: thing that uh, ever has.
1: And that's powerful. Yes, thoughtful, committed citizens, Uh, and how many of us don't have a a group of people that we love, that we connect with, that if we decide that, you know, there is this opportunity, not a problem, this opportunity that uh, we have to make a difference, how do we go about it? And having this group is much more powerful than just a single individual saying, well, I'm going to fix this problem or do that. There's something about the synergy of a group that makes it fun, for one thing, that draws out creative uh, aspects that we wouldn't have without the dialogue and uh, that goes on, and and that allows it to uh, continue so we don't get discouraged when we have
2: setbacks that uh, we because the reality is we we do get discouraged when things don't go our way our way all the time yeah. or our timetable and so having that that group to work with to to just that combined effort it makes it so much better
0: so duane always talks about uh, sustaining purpose
2: So
1: important, and the sustaining purpose has to help, it has to enrich, it has to bring joy. It can't just be duty-bound. There needs to be a joy and a happiness about it. And uh, St. Francis, one of uh, the things that he would tell the friars uh, is that joy is the greatest missionary tool ever devised. He was really telling them, uh, going around in sackcloth and ashes doesn't impress people. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> if you do not bring some joy in their life, if they don't see joy in your life, uh, they probably are not interested.
2: <laughs> well, and that's why we're here.
1: Absolutely. Isn't that a scripture? Man, is that he, he might have, have joy. I think it that's, is. That's right. And so we've talked about
0: sustaining purpose. We've talked about love. We've talked about... Uh, being able to create difference in the world, and if there was one thing that we've learned during this global pandemic, more than anything else, it is that uh, the world is much smaller
2: than, so we ever, than we
0: ever thought it was before. And it's through that electronic means of communication that uh, we we were on a we were on a Zoom uh, call the other day, actually last Sunday, where we were talking to people from from Ghana, it was as if they were sitting right next to us.
2: Our our neighbors who just left to serve a church mission a mission in Ghana in Ghana, Liberia-huh and there they were amazing it It was amazing. and the other thing when you talk about how connected we are with Karen the Lode, all of a sudden I'm connecting with people in South Africa, in Australia, in England. I don't know them personally. You know, it's not like I can just go knock on their door. But because of the gifts that we have with this virtual community now, we can bless the lives and have an influence of people throughout the world.
0: And, and probably that's the biggest thing that we've learned, I think, during during the last uh, year or so, is that we are so connected. And The inherent differences that might separate us geographically or even culturally are are not there when it comes to basic human needs and basic uh, human desires, the desire to learn, the desire to grow. But at the same time, we recognize, Duane, that uh, we are a blessed people. We're fortunate people because we have all of the means necessary here to achieve those goals for ourselves. But trying to be a global citizen, I'm curious... You know, Dwayne has spent an awful lot of time down in South America, down in in other areas of the world, in in, uh, in China, I,
1: I, India, India, Nepal.
0: yeah, yeah, and uh, and and I'm I'm absolutely amazed at the trips that uh, he's been able to to make and some of the stories that he comes back with. But now that we're talking about uh, the world being so much closer because of electronics, I'm really. Anxious to hear your thoughts on how we can make a difference there.
1: Well, uh, I've pondered this for quite some time, and I appreciate the question. So I'm familiar with a number of nonprofits who do international kinds of humanitarian work. And I uh, have right now an agreement among uh, Eagle Condor and Choice Humanitarian uh, that we will start to implement some of these virtual classrooms in areas where they already have strong connections, where they have in-country staff, where they can set up the facilities to do Zoom sessions, uh, various uh, virtual kinds of activities. And I know how it works. As we connect with uh, these other cultures, there's something magical about being in another culture. It's like being a kid again. Everything is new. new. There's a curiosity, a, a delight uh, in their clothing, in their songs, in their dance, and just uh,
2: the things that bring them joy. So, Dwayne, I'm just going to stop you there just for a second. When we can actually go to some of these countries again, can I go with you?
1: Absolutely. I would love to have you and Mark and any of your family. That would we like be would love a, to come, a part of of something like that. So the idea uh, is, uh, we have been given so much, and we know that it's not for us. It, it, it's to share, and too many people feel actually blocked in not being able to share more, to give more, to make a contribution. I, I it's my belief, and I've held it for a long time, that our greatest need as a human being is to make a contribution. It really isn't to feather our own nest, even though we spend a lot of energy doing that. So, But really, the, the, the big need uh, is to bless our families, to bless our neighbors, to bless our communities. And now we have opportunities to bless the world in a way that did not exist before. So, so that's an interesting
0: thought there. You know, when we, when we uh, look at how we do things maybe different today than we, than we did things yesterday, it used to be back during the, uh, in the 1980s and the 1990s, if you were to pick up any type of a Harvard Business School review, uh, especially if it was talking about uh, organizational change uh, in business, you would talk about fundamental changes with business itself. But as you read, And I I was reading a Harvard Business Study recently talking about one of the innovations with business today is not trying to learn how to make a new widget. It's learning to empower your employees so that they feel that they can make a difference. And in fact, it's very common now in the business world that you'll have companies that will give paid time off for doing humanitarian type work. Very common, yes. And what they found by doing that is that uh, their ability to be more productive in the workplace is enhanced dramatically because they recognize that they do have a sustaining purpose and that they are making a difference.
1: I think they become much better team players as well because it isn't so much uh, getting ahead as allowing the group to perform better, to accomplish the task better. Uh, and so uh, it moves from the, the, the me to we in almost a natural way. So how
0: can we create a microcosm, if you would, there with, with uh, maybe we don't belong to a corporation. Maybe it's just our small nucleus family. How can we create that opportunity to make a difference
1: in our world if it's just me? Uh, well, Gandhi basically said, be the change you want to see. Uh, it, it actually comes down to that. Someone asked Albert Schweitzer, how do you change the world? He said, well, there's really only three ways. By reason, by persuasion, by example. But by far the most powerful is always example. That's how how it happens. If you look at the lives of people like uh, Mahatma Gandhi, Martin Luther King, Uh, Nelson Mandela Mother Teresa you will find that they started very small Mother Teresa she just goes and lives in the streets starts teaching the people there before long there are people just pouring money into her projects because they love this notion of helping the poor in a way uh, and not that they're going to get anything back and Gandhi the same way. He started out as this inconspicuous lawyer that that was even afraid to. De- he could not even speak when he was defending a client. That's how shy Gandhi was. Wow! And he becomes this uh, the voice of India. He he's on all of their currency in India.
2: So there's hope. There's hope for us who feel a little bit insecure in our abilities to do what maybe within us we really want to do, but we don't feel like we can. You mentioned that you have an agreement with some of these organizations that you could teach. So are you, is it something that an individual then could contact this organization and how can I help and plug into this virtual opportunity that you're talking about?
1: You know, one of the challenges is going to be that even though they know this is a virtual world and they have a lot of Zoom sessions and things with their various uh, in-country directors or or whatever, uh, opening that up to those of us who would like to be mentors and tutors, uh, which would be very easy to do. And that so say you have a particular group that you really want to be a part of. One of the challenges that nonprofits have is giving people something substantial to do so they aren't just doing busy work. Right. Where they feel like, would you be interested in tutoring English to my school kids in Peru? And a lot of people would say, I would love the opportunity to do that. Uh, So I think the place to start is people who already have these connections globally and then asking them if they will allow you to participate, and then encouraging them to improve the global classroom that that allows that to happen on a larger scale. There are already groups uh, that uh, kids in China from wealthy families, they pay tutors here in the U.S. to tutor them in English. And I know some of these English teachers uh, and they uh have learned how to be very good teachers of English, but these are the wealthy and they're getting people are getting paid on both sides. What I'm suggesting is you don't have to pay people to do this; they will do it for free if you set up the
2: situation where that is able to happen. It, I can see that, and what it does, whether it's like what you suggested mark and a corporation and, and becoming this team, this we and this this group that together we can make this impact, and right. it's that's the difference. And so I can see that I a lot of people would want to be a part of that. I would want to be a part of that. That's something that I could I could just be involved with. I could wrap my arms around it and jump right in.
0: Absolutely. So so Dwayne, I'm going to take you back to a fundamental. Uh, point that we made earlier and that you made earlier about uh, about those uh, points of contact there you've got the physical side the mental and emotional but uh, you you were very conscious of bringing up the the idea of spiritual so as we're putting together some ideas as to how we can become a force in the world how do we reconcile that idea with our spiritual means
1: well uh if you listen to the mystics, they'll say the spiritual is actually who you really are. You're not your vocation. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You're not your athletic ability. Uh, You're not your, uh, uh, what appears to be what most people notice about you is, you know, you're this tall and uh, you have these talents and all of that. You're actually this spiritual being. And, most people, are or most people, don't know, do not know how to tap in to the spiritual side of who they really are. Obviously, there's prayer, there's meditation, there's scripture study, there's gatherings, spiritual gatherings where there's a sharing of uh, faith and uh, devotion. Uh, I like to bring up the notion, which is prominent in Hindu mysticism. Of the three paths to God. Uh, one is selfless service, and it has to be selfless. It can't be with any motive of personal profit, power, pleasure, prestige, okay? The second notion uh, is this idea of devotion, gratitude to the Creator. Uh, we did not make ourselves, uh, we did not create this world. Uh, The the many things in it that are provided for our welfare and happiness, okay? The third is this idea of slowing down the thinking process so that you can be still and know that I am God. Uh, And meditation, there are spiritual practices that allow us to get back into who we really are. So Ramana Maharshi, who was one of the very popular Hindu mystics, he said, happiness is your nature. It is not wrong to seek it. What is wrong is to seek on the outside what is on the inside. How do you gain access to what is on the inside? You have to slow down the thinking process. You have to uh, experience, have this experience of your own spiritual uh, birthright and nature. And to do that, it's helpful to be with other spiritual people, people who have already figured that out, who already know that they're spiritual. And just by virtue of the darshan, which is a Hindu word which means being in the presence of spiritual people, you absorb some of their spirituality, and that helps you to identify your own. Those are all helpful aspects to accessing the spiritual side of ourselves.
0: And each of us, regardless of creed or anything else, have a spiritual side. Everyone. I think, I think when we think of spiritual, sometimes we think of, do I go to
1: church on on Sunday? And, and that's not what we're talking about here. No, no, no. Now, the spiritual gathering is a, a very powerful uh, method for improving our own spirituality, so we're not discounting the notion of spiritual gathering because that is an important part of our figuring out who we are, A part, of, an important part of a darshan, the idea of being with spiritual people. But uh, you, it doesn't necessarily have to be in a church situation.
2: But again, that is another gift of the pandemic. We've had to slow down. We have. And I think we were forced time. into that. Right. And if we allowed ourselves to then be still, then we could become more in tune or in touch with our spiritual self.
0: And, and that's what I was just going to say, and that is that uh, isn't it interesting how this pandemic has given us an opportunity to have more of an introspection about our lives there? We, 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 I, I. Dwayne, what you said a moment ago, I thought was really important, is that we, we need to think. We can't just, we just can't exist, but we need to think. And uh, as we've had a chance to to be not being able to travel much, uh, not uh, being able to spend all of our time, and that, you put it perfectly there, is that our lives have changed. And, and for the better there, mm-hmm. because there are some positive externalities about what's happened with, uh, with this pandemic. People think of it as negative. When can we get back to normal? And the question might normal asked, was
1: actually broke. That's what
0: It I'm was. Say, that's what I was going to say. Is that I don't think I want to go back to. The
2: there moment. are things I miss that I want to bring back. Sure. But I right. don't want to. I don't want it to go back to as it was. On the
1: trail this last year, one of the t-shirts. You know, they have the sayings on the mm-hmm. t-shirts. The, the one that really struck me. All it said was "think." And I thought, that's powerful. Think. You know, we have so many diversions
0: in in life. And uh, the diversions that uh, are in in our our lives are electronics. But at the same time, they, they can also be a force for good as well as we're talking there. But the world doesn't teach us to think like maybe the world used to. And, and that's a pretty harsh statement, I think, for, for uh, the world there. But at the same time, think about how your life has changed in the years that you've been in existence. You know, I, I look at me when I was a kid growing up, there were three channels on TV. Right. And you had to get up and you had to turn the, turn the knob there. And now we have literally hundreds, if not thousands of programs on TV. But what do we say? There's nothing on TV there's so nothing <laughs>
1: there. and, and there's truth in that because so much of it, if you were to go ahead and just glean the uplifting, uh, the enriching aspects of it, as opposed to just something that is dull entertainment or spectator kind of activity, uh, most of it uh, isn't really meat. It's, it's, uh, there's no nutrition in it.
0: <laughs> so, Dwayne, I'm one person. Uh, And that's one person. You're one person. Right. You know, I know in corporations that collectively, when you bring all those one persons together, that uh, you can see miracles happen. But sometimes we forget and we fail to realize that the one person can make all the difference in the world. And so as we're contemplating some ideas as to what we can do to make a difference, you shared some thoughts about being able to maybe reach out to to global organizations there are local organizations as well there's food pantries local there are there are a number of different organizations i have an app on my on my telephone it's called just serve just serve and Uh at any given time any given day i can click on that and it will bring up literally dozens and dozens of opportunities that I could go volunteer and do something.
2: But the great thing with that as well is that you could submit opportunities because right. talking about just being one and, you know, yeah, I can do some things, but boy, wouldn't it be better if we collectively did this and in that app just serve that anyone can get, it's it's free. You could actually submit an opportunity so others could join you in that that effort to to serve.
1: What's interesting uh, uh, about service right now because of the pandemic and some people are deathly afraid of physical interaction Mm -hmm. uh, because of it. Others are uh, afraid, other people are afraid, so they don't interact with them. (laughs) Okay. I mean, there's multiple layers of this. and, And that is why this notion of having virtual opportunity Now, I have to share this. When I was locked down in Peru because the pandemic hit and I was with a group, uh, we were making a lot of calls trying to get flights out of Peru. Uh, They ended up shutting down all of the airports. So Ivan, one of my friends, he was calling to make a reservation change. And the guy on the other end said, hey, there's a guy on the phone. Uh, Can I get the virus from him on the phone? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, he said, no, you're fine. You're fine. You can talk to him. You're not going to get the virus. But some of the misinformation mm-hmm. about how that goes on. Uh, uh, and uh, anyway, people, it comes down to knowledge, it comes down to knowledge. <laughs> well,
0: and it comes down to what we don't know. We don't know. And, uh, sure. and uh, when we do know, we become powerful. Yeah. And that's that's uh, one of the great opportunities of life. Dwight, I'm going to ask you a question. And you, you asked me this question. And it's, it's fair if you wanted to ask me as well. But you asked me a question this morning. You said, do ideas move people or do people move ideas?
1: Well, I think both happen. But I think there are certain times, propitious times, where an idea will end up moving a lot of people. But there is almost always some kind of an instigator that has to occur because uh, the old way of doing things, even though it's broken, it it can take some time before the new more virtual way of doing it can really take hold and get traction so i've had to request some of my friends in these nonprofits that work internationally for the opportunity to do some virtual classrooms and to make that a part and not that they want to hire more staff but that they tap in to so many people who would be happy to contribute a few hours a week to tutoring, mentoring, uh, inspiring some of these uh, connections, uh, whether it's a village school, an orphanage, or or maybe even teaching business courses to some villagers who want to, uh, uh, you know, be better business people. So I'm, I'm going to
0: take that back to its uh, fundamental roots. And... You know, I, I'm sorry I keep on bringing this up, but I keep on thinking of these three points of contact: the uh, the physical, the emotional, and and mental, and and, and then the spiritual. And when I asked you that question, do ideas move people or do people move ideas? You you answered that the way I would have probably answered it, which is it's a matter of both. But being a matter of both, there, I I believe that. Uh, any of those three points of contact are critical together to be able to allow a person to be able to, to move ideas and for ideas to move people. When I think of ideas to move people, it's only been in those situations where I feel, I think you used the words in tune. When when I feel like I'm in tune, those are when the ideas come. Okay, sure. And those are when and when ideas seem to really begin to carry themselves to the next level. But it's when I'm not in that uh, in-tune
1: process. So you're out of whack physically, emotionally, and spiritually, or one of those is out of of whack. You basically don't have that harmony that allows you to really be effective.
0: That's exactly the point I'm trying to make there. And that's why Annette
1: and I talk a lot
0: in our podcast and in some of the courses that we do about the importance of balance.
2: And I love the word harmony. And that to me, you know, it's like we just got our piano tuned. Okay. <laughs> okay. The, the G just above middle C, for those of you who play piano, was so out of tune for the last year and a half. <laughs> now that is a note that is played often. Okay. But everything else was in tune. <laughs> and, and I just hesitated to tuning. So it wasn't in harmony. Now it's been tuned. We have that harmony. It's beautiful. You have this beautiful music again, and I think when we're not in harmony, spiritually, physically, emotionally, it just it rubs wrong. It doesn't. You don't have the beauty, the effect that can come with that harmony. You know,
1: bringing up the importance of physical, emotional, spiritual. I think it's easy to assume, well, I'm spiritual, so I don't need to exercise. I don't need to eat, right? I, uh, I, I don't need to take care of myself emotionally uh, because I'm this spirit being. Well, this spirit being can get really out of whack if they don't take care of their body. Uh, these uh, marvelous instruments of love and service, they're important, and we need to uh, respect them, treat them well, uh, in order to be in balance and harmony, in and, tune. and and here's what I'm not saying.
0: What I'm not saying is that we have to be perfect in our spirituality, or perfect in our in our uh, mental or emotional, or perfect in our in our health and our where we're at. You know what really matters is where we're at right now and the path that we're on that we're trying to change that will allow us. And I really believe that we don't have to be perfect in any one of those areas. Because when we do, we believe, we begin to believe that we can't do anything.
1: (laughs) Well, we will probably never be perfect in any of those three areas, but what's our direction?
2: (laughs) Right, and is our direction, but also, are we having balance in our efforts in those three points? I know for me, when I was focusing more on just my health, my physical health, well... I didn't have the progress in my physical health that I wanted to the degree because I wasn't focusing on the emotional. And I really, I mean, I did the basic stuff, spirit. I just wasn't putting that energy. But what I found when I actually had balance in all three areas of focus and, you know, physically I was going to take better care and walk and exercise and eat healthier. Emotionally I was going to do certain things to help me have a better disposition. Spiritually, I was going to be still. Uh-huh. That's when I had the progress. They
1: interact with one another. They're, they're very closely interconnected. And you will find it. I think it would be rare for you to find someone who is really spiritual that isn't emotionally and physically doing well. Agreed. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, agreed. <laughs> I, I believe that. And back to Annette's analogy, and I love that analogy, and I haven't really thought about it there. But the piano... Everything else sounded beautiful, except that one note. And, you know, you could, have, you could have had a virtuoso come in and play. Do you know what they would remember? That note. They would remember that note. They wouldn't remember how beautiful it was, but they would remember that note. Sure. Or you could have a five-year-old come in that's just learning how to play the piano. And even though their skill level is completely different, which our levels are completely different, you would still remember that one note that they played. Sure. And it would make all the difference in the world. And that's what we're trying to, to, to share with you today, listeners, is the importance of knowledge of making a difference regardless of where you are in your particular path along life's journey. And whether, whether you are in a position of, uh, of uh, fear, whether you're in a position of growth, whether there's a combination there, whatever the case might be there, you, you do have the ability to make a difference and you do have the ability to, to change the world in a gentle way, as Gandhi once said. And so Duane, I'm going to give you the last word here as we, as we wrap up our, our uh, conversation today.
1: To me, uh, this is a quote from He says, every desire is a prayer and it will be answered in some way. That's what I'd like people to remember. Every desire is a prayer, and it will be answered in some way. So if you can go ahead and get your desires in alignment with the higher powers, then your prayers will be answered in a way that will enable you to grow spiritually, to be uh, healthy physically and emotionally. and you, each one has a very important role to play in the life of their family, their community, and the world. But uh, we have to slow down the thinking process if we're ever going to get our desires in alignment with the higher powers.
0: That, that's a great thought, Dwayne. And, you know, we could probably spend another hour just talking about how we listen to that inner voice, and uh, how that, uh, that listening needs to take place within each of us. And we do have that ability to do so. Well, Dwayne, I just want you to know how much we appreciate you. Uh, you, are, you are a great example of uh, being able to listen to that inner voice. You're a great example of one who is willing to give. You know, you make a difference. Uh, it, it doesn't matter. It's not, it's not about the village, necessarily. Of course, a village helps. But it's, it's about you individually, and it's about the uh, contributions that you make as you listen to those, uh, those, those conscious uh, thoughts of what I can do to change the world. And so we want to thank you for joining us today, listeners. We hope that you've enjoyed our conversation with uh, Dwayne Jines as we've discussed making a difference in a new world. Each of us have a story to share. Author Brene Brown reminds us that owning our story is the bravest thing that you'll ever do. The stories and experiences our guests share inspire us, as well as help us to grow and connect with others. We invite you to become a part of Karen the community through social media, as well as to share this site with those you know. We are stronger together. Keep caring.